Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Whether you're thinking of divorcing your narcissistic spouse, right in the middle of it, or have finalized your divorce, the tactics are the same. If this sounds like you, you need to know about Christine Hammond's new masterclass series, How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist. In this four-hour video series, Christine Hammond introduces the toxic tactics that narcissists use to abuse, humiliate, and manipulate you, and teaches you exactly how to recognize these tactics and navigate through them with mastery and confidence. How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist is a deep dive, a masterclass that'll show you how narcissists use tactics like bait and switch, scare tactics, roller coaster ride, and child's play. It's How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist, a four-hour recorded video masterclass with Christine Hammond. For more information or to purchase today, just go to growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. That's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This masterclass will change your life. Again, that's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This is Understanding Today's Narcissist. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. And now here's your host, Christine Hammond. Today we're going to talk about what you can do if your teen seems narcissistic. I'm going to share with you a client of mine who was really struggling with this. She was so frustrated one day when she came in um, to talk to me, telling me that her son was just so arrogant. He was demanding and controlling. He refused to see any wrong that his actions were taking, and he insisted that everyone else was to blame for the situation. She was just so exhausted and tired of fighting with him. Her 17-year-old son had... Um, was had severely escalating bad behavior over the years. So it started off mild and it kind of grew and grew. At first glance, he was very charming to be around and seemed to have plenty of friendships, but he never solidified deep relationships with anyone in particular, and he tended to wear out his relationships with this alarming speed. His teachers had similar experiences interacting with him. At the beginning of the year, he was great. But by the end of the year, he was pushing all of the boundaries and was frequently in trouble. His grades fluctuated depending on whether or not he believed in an assignment, class, or even teacher was worthy of his energy and time. Punishments didn't seem to work with him. Haley tried so hard to reason with her son that his argumentative skills easily outmatched hers. She talked to his guidance counselor, who seemed to enjoy spending time with her son, but this only led to even more broken promises. 
She even reached out to family and friends for help. But her son would only soak up the attention and then change nothing about his behavior. Finally, she came to me to talk about the situation. Narcissism can't officially be diagnosed in a person until they're 18 years old. But there does need to be a previous five-year pattern of narcissistic-like behavior in order to even justify a diagnosis at 18. Yet there's no need to wait for the official diagnosis before doing something to try to minimize any narcissistic tendencies. Narcissistic personality disorder can be a small part of a person's personality, a full-blown disorder, or it can even be mixed with other serious personality disorders such as borderline, paranoid, and antisocial. So to minimize the intensity of narcissism, I gave her 10 things to try at home with her 17-year-old. The first suggestion I made was to start family counseling immediately. The best type of therapy in this process is one in which both the parents and the teenager are equal participants. If needed, you can throw some siblings in there for treatment as well. But this allows for a level of accountability for both the teens and parents' behavior because sometimes parents act out in a very poor way when they're met with a narcissistic-like child. And this actually helps to mediate between disagreements and provides a safe place for everyone to vent their frustrations. So the first step was they started to engage in family counseling. The next idea was we talked about tracing the roots of the narcissism in our family. Narcissism is part biology, which means it's inherited from a family member, part environment, also modeled by a parent or as a result of abuse or neglect, and part choice. The teen sees the benefits of being narcissistic. Unfortunately, in our current culture, there are plenty of high-profile people, politicians, musicians, athletes, entertainers, and actors who display the characteristics of narcissism and thereby glorify the behavior because of how successful they are. By identifying the core of where the narcissistic traits are coming from, localizing treatment and helping to limit the behavior in the future becomes much simpler. Okay, so we traced the roots of the narcissism and found that the roots of the narcissism came from her father, and um, and he was very successful. So that was part of the problem, and he used his success as a way of trying to get her son um, into to doing things the way that he did it because he didn't have a son of his own. So that was part of the problem. Number three. Start using the word narcissism. The best way to introduce the concept of narcissism is to use the term as a new regularly practiced vocabulary word. Remember when your kid was little and you had to do all these vocabulary words? It's the same thing here with the narcissism. You just start dropping it in a sentence. You define it when asked. You offer suggestions for what narcissistic behavior looks like. So such as like when a person refuses to apologize or even even after being exposed or proven wrong, when they act superior or above other people are just a common example. 
When you start to familiarize the teen with what the narcissism looks like, it provides them with the ability to start recognizing it in themselves because they can't recognize in themselves what they can't see happening in someone else. The fourth step that we did was to point out and discuss the narcissism in others. Sometimes the best way to see something is to actually see it and call it out literally in other people. So this began with family members, which was her father, who the trait was inherited from. Then she moved to TV characters, people in the movies, sports figures, to demonstrate that this is what narcissistic behavior looks like. By casually introducing the trait of narcissism as common in people who are easily identifiable gives context for the teen to examine the narcissism in different aspects of their own life and even what it looks like. So that was number four. Number five is a little bit of a diversion from this, but it's something that is really important that all parents take into consideration when dealing with somebody who might be narcissistic. Number five is to be strong. As a whole, narcissists respect strength and laugh at weakness or vulnerability. So keep this in mind when talking to the potential teen narcissist. Don't be surprised by their lack of empathy or unwillingness to see or value things from others' perspective. Rather, expect this reaction and then work within the confines of it. Attempting to get a response from them with an emotional appeal will only lead to nowhere. In other words, you don't go to, I asked my client not to go to her son, crying about something because of how insensitive he had been over the treatment of his sibling. That does not work at all. Strength works, not crying. A narcissist will see that as weakness nearly every time. Number six, use the hamburger method talked about this in other podcasts. So one of the best ways of confronting a narcissist is the hamburger method, which is compliment, confront, and compliment. By sandwiching a confrontation in between the two compliments, the likelihood that it will be heard and understood is going to greatly increase. Confronting head-on is never ideal with anyone who has the potential to be a narcissist. This makes the narcissist feel attacked and they become defensive, and it is impossible to reason with that in the moment. They will come back at you very strongly. So the sixth thing I asked her to do was to do the hamburger method. Number seven, again, this is a little bit of a different perspective, and that it was to do a mission trip. This doesn't need to be some overseas adventure. There are plenty of local organizations that need volunteers and offer multiple ways for people to help within the community. Sometimes seeing how difficult life is for others can reduce a sense of entitlement that the narcissist has. We're not doing this to try to generate empathy. That's maybe not likely to happen, but what we are trying to do is get them to realize that they aren't entitled to things any more so than other people. So that is the point of volunteering and helping out at other organizations. That was number seven. Number eight, this is for the parent. Remember the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Anytime a person is dealing with a narcissist, this is a great reminder of accepting what can't be changed, which unfortunately is the narcissism itself, 
and instead changing your expectations of the narcissist and knowing when to do both. I was number eight. Remember the serenity prayer. Number nine, again, a little bit odd, but it is effective. Limit TV and video games. Bear with me. I know this might be painful. This might not be possible for some older teens, but it most definitely is possible for younger ones. By limiting exposure to TV shows which celebrate narcissistic behavior, and believe me, there's an absolute ton of them out there, this reduces the likelihood that it will be seen, the narcissism will be seen in a favorable light. Similarly, by limiting video games that generate a false sense of superiority and domination, and escalate that fantasy like living, the desire for similar environments also declines because they're not looking for chances to be superior in other environments. So while this might be difficult, and this is probably the hardest step for somebody to incorporate, it can be very effective um, if you can limit some TV and video games. That was number nine. Number 10, encourage face-to-face interaction. A lack of good social skills can perpetuate a type of narcissism known as covert narcissism. This type of narcissist uses silence and isolation to manipulate others into submission. By encouraging face-to-face interactions instead of using electronic devices, This increases their social skills and decreases the potential of the covert narcissism. So this number 10 was for a specific type of narcissist. um, But even the ones that are overt narcissists, which are the ones that are just kind of in your face about their narcissism, face-to-face interactions and seeing people respond um, can sometimes reduce some of that as well. It is a lot easier to send a tweet and not see somebody's response than it is to do it to their face. There's a whole different thing that happens when you say something to someone's face versus just tweeting it. So those were the 10 things. And even though uh, my client's son was close to the age of being officially diagnosed as a narcissist, she used these techniques as much as she could in order to be able to help her son out. Her unwillingness to give up on him made a lasting impact, and as an adult, his narcissism was actually on the lower end of the scale instead of being on the higher end of the scale. Parents, you have the unique opportunity to truly make a difference in the development of your child, a chance that should not be passed up nor taken for granted. I hope this was useful to you. These are the 10 different things that you can do if you're thinking that your teen is narcissistic. And I do hope that this helps you. It gives you at least a place to start, which is mostly what I hear from everyone. They're struggling with this. Where do I start? What do I do? How can I make a difference? Here you have it. And I wish you the best. Thanks for listening to Understanding Today's Narcissist with Christine Hammond. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. For more information, visit GrowWithChristine.com. Produced. 
produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.